The Athletic. Hello and welcome to the Football Manager Show by The Athletic. The penultimate Football Manager Show by The Athletic. In fact, before we're powered down, boxed up and taken to a large military-controlled warehouse in New Mexico. We've had a hell of a ride together, relearning the game we love, swapping near-post corner routines and generally just showing each other our scars. But now that ride is drawing to a close, for now at least. But look, there's plenty of stuff to talk about before the lights go out, including the much underused and undervalued issue of training, which we'll get on to shortly. We've got your letters, we've got the community centre in the magical island of Aswajan, and we've got the FM Challenge 2, which is going really, really badly for one of us. But let's get right into it. Let's talk about training, and let's talk about training with... Dom Baker, who I can now officially say is friend of the show, because Dom, this is your third appearance. It is. Hello, it's my uh, my hat trick ball, you might say. Yeah, you're you're going up on the leaderboard now. Well, welcome, <laughs> just in time, eh? For anyone who doesn't know you from previous episodes, what exactly do you do all day? I am uh, the social media manager at Sports Interactive, so I sit on Twitter all day um, and get to talk to people about Football Manager, um, which you know it's a pretty cool gig, as you might know. Sounds perfect. Now, when it comes to training, yeah, everyone obsesses about tactics, and rightly so, because it's one of the most fascinating parts of the game. Um, transfers are huge. You look at anything written on the internet about football manager, and invariably it's about where to find bargains or where to find wonder kids. There are so many different components of this game that get so much love, and hardly anyone ever talks about training. Yeah, I think... Um... I mean, I'm one of these people, but I think training scares a lot of people. I think um, there's so many different facets to it that maybe it's a slightly, you know, intimidating thing, especially when you first load up the game anyway, especially if you're new to it. But um, if you really get under the hood and you really are able to plan it with your training, then I think you can see the benefits quite quickly. Yeah, I've certainly found that on my on my later games. I mean, nothing saved my Sunderland game when the game first came out um, but with with my Marseille game it's it's been really engaging to get into it to try and find the balance between the physical work that pays dividends as the season goes on and by thunder do you notice if you haven't done it um, and the technical stuff where you can start to see you don't see immediate effects but you can start to see effects as it builds up for example if you are playing on the counter-attack and you do loads of transition modules um, in your training you'll get really good at doing the counter-attack um, so there's loads of stuff like that and it's it's really just getting the balance but it's important I think to say you don't actually have to do it if you don't want to and the game won't penalize you for it that that's fair isn't it yeah definitely like anything a football manager but training probably the best example you can do as little or as much as you like um, you can delegate all of it you can delegate some of it um, and yeah, you won't be penalised too much by not doing it at all. Your assistants will uh, will take care of that for you. But taking it on yourself just means that you get to customise it a little bit more. And they'll make sure that it, it follows the kind of football you're trying to play, won't they? So if your primary tactic, um, and, and you can set that manually from the three options that you've got, your, if your primary tactic is um, gag and press, then the training routines will, will work into that. Yeah, definitely. It will bounce off of your tactics. So there'll be no confusion in, in midweek and then come on Saturday, you know, if you're playing a different style, it'll all be taken care of for you. So, yeah, that, that will rather beg the question. OK, well, what what can you gain out of sitting there and micromanaging the training? So I think the biggest thing that you can gain from diving into training 
first and foremost for me is mentoring. So you'll be able to set up mentoring groups. Uh, in the past, this has been sort of dotted around in different areas, but it's come into training over the last few years. Um, and what this allows you to do is to pair up your youngsters with your more experienced players into different groups, and then they can, you know, teach them what they know best. They can impart wisdom onto your youngsters. If they're at a really young age, you might even be able to have these experienced players morph their personality a little bit. If you've got maybe uh, a one that could come in through who's a bit of a, a rogue character, you can get your captain to take him to one side and, and potentially turn him into a more hardworking player. So mentoring is one thing I'm fascinated with, and I think um, it's maybe an underutilised part of the game. Yeah, this this is one thing I'm working on now, having bought a very young, very talented centre-back from Botcham. Um, I cannot remember his name. But his work rate is eight and his determination is low. And I think I think with the right the right person around him, he could be something else. But I've never really figured out, you know, how, how does it work in practice in, in your imaginary football club um, in your head? Do they sort of sit around after training, having coffee and talking about how to get a mortgage and stuff like that? <laughs> um, I'd like to think it's a little more glamorous than that. But, you know, who knows? I think um, it's designed to sort of be really quick maybe not one-to-one sessions, but, you know, players that are working on stuff maybe after training and just sort of having the players take them under their wing a little bit, look after them, make sure they're all right. And and really it's all about taking elements of the game um, and developing the younger players. So you need to make sure that these mentor groups you're setting up are grouped by position, of course. So if you've got a group of centre-backs, then they can talk about, you know, the ugly things that centre-backs do and then likewise for strikers. So... You really just want to consider the age, make sure you've got a good range of ages. Of course, an older guy to look after the younger ones, um, the personalities, as I said before, and then position. What What are the best personalities? What's the most positive personalities there that when you find a player with one um, who's in his 30s, you want to instantly build the group around? The ideal one, I think the one that uh, sort of stands out is the model citizen. So, you know, it's normally a club captain, the the coach on the pitch, the uh, the guy who's not going to do anything wrong there. Um, and then other than that, you're just looking for ambitious or determined um, and they can come in various different sort of versions. So anything that's determination, ambitious, but yeah, the model citizens, the one you're looking out for there. And there are some real stinkers that come in with the new gens, aren't there? There's, there's low determination comes in as a, as a personality choice. Yeah, you know, much like real life, you can get uh, players that are brilliant on the ball, but, you know, can't really get up for big games. So you really want to be paying attention to all of that and try and, um, get rid of that and nip it in the bud because um, you know your personality develops in your in your youngsters but once you get to a certain age you might not have a, a chance to turn it around anymore so when I'm playing the game it's generally the beginnings of the season or the beginning of the save that are, are properly micromanaged and once things are up and running because I always say there's two stages there's there's trying to get your team into shape and then there's trying to maintain its shape and when you're in that second stage where you're just you're playing games you know what your formation is you just want it ticking over there's a sort of middle gear of training where you can just select the theme of the training that they'll do that week so you can say right this week we'll do physical next week we'll do technical and so on and and so forth um, and then you can sort of dip in and dip out with individual players. Now, one thing that's always fascinated me is when you get, say, a defender who's brilliant at heading and brilliant at tackling, but his his positioning is is all over the place, his, his uh, vision is all over the place, um, you, you can obviously set them extra training work on defensive positioning, I think, in, in this case. What positive effects does that have and what negative effects does it have? 
Yeah, so this um, you'd have to go into individual training and there you you get a, a whole list of your players um, and you can see what they're taking on in terms of their, you know, the team training, how much that affects them. And then, you, as you said, you can set additional focuses, you can discuss new traits um, and that's where you really get to mould them as individuals. Um, so really all you need to be wary of there is that you're not overloading them with stuff. So you can see you get a med medical report as part of this screen as well. Um, and as you toggle things, as you set players um, with, you know, additional homework, basically, um, you can make sure that you're not um, increasing their risk of injury, really, and their fatigue. So you need to be careful about that for any aspect of training. And I mean, player traits is something that I I did not understand the significance of this when we first talked about it, I think as early as episode three in this series. They can have a massive effect on what you actually see in front of you when the game's on, can't they? If you if you tell a player that you want him to start trying to chip the, the goalkeeper, once he's learned how to do it, you can't stop him doing it. Yeah, player traits is is brilliant. And again, it's an element of training that if you know, if you don't do it at all, you're kind of missing out on this uh, aspect of it. And the good thing about player traits or the interesting thing is that there's there's good and bad traits. Um so there's some traits which as you said, you know, you'll see on the pitch and you'll think, oh, why didn't I get him to do this earlier? But of course there's there's bad traits that players have within them that you want, might want to try and eradicate. Um an example that pops into my head is a, a player that avoids using his weaker foot. Of course, you see it all the time when you're watching football in real life, and it's true in the game too. So traits are just another fantastic layer of a player's profile that you can adapt in training. Yeah, I had uh, Tahith Chong from, I signed him from Manchester United, and he's uh, uh, a right-footed inside forward who likes playing on the left but i already had someone on there and his stats are great his pace is great um he's a really like he's filled with flair he can do incredible things and it just wasn't working for him on the right until i i took action to make sure that he, he played on both feet now all of a sudden he's an absolute world beater um and that was just one player trait that needed to be changed just to turn a a 6.8 player into a 7.4 player which when you must say you you need every bit of help you can get um and Another thing on that menu is is the units, and th this is something we discussed first time round. That I found I was I had an attacking midfielder who was doing all of his training with the defensive squad. Um, it, it's always worth checking that, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So your units are set for you, um, you know, by your your coaching staff, and you can go into there and see how everyone's laid out. So you've got a goalkeeping unit, defensive unit, and attacking unit. Um, and what this means is that when you set your overall team training. Let's say you're focusing on attacking, um, attacking wings, attacking wide areas, um, and meanwhile your defensive and goalkeeper units will, you know, be doing something elsewhere. Um, so your your units here, if you're, you know, setting out a whole week of attacking drills, you're going to see that your attacking unit are going to be getting tired, fatigued, high risk of injury. So you need to make sure there's balance throughout the units. The thing here to be sure of, uh, to make sure you're doing correctly, as you say there, is about your midfielders. The game automatically uh, sort of dissects your midfield into attacking and defensive. But of course, you've got midfielders there that can play a whole range of positions. Um, let's take Will Hughes, for example. You know, he's played out wide. He's played number 10. Currently for Watford in real life, he's playing just in front of the back four. Um, depending on how you want to use him, you need to make sure that he's in the right unit, whether it be attacking or defending. And, you know, of course, once you go into there, it's fairly easy to just drag and drop players around uh, to make sure that you're happy with the setup. 
And I guess the the thing that you always have with with this game because it's so big and it's so vast. Sometimes you 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 want to make these changes, but you think, God, what if I ruin everything? What if it all goes horribly wrong? Um, this this game actually has sort of built in safety valves, doesn't it? If you do if you take over your training and you do something terrible, the game will actually let you know about it. Yeah, I mean, real risk of of tampering with training and the only thing you really need to be aware of is just overloading your players you know um especially if you're you're new to the area and you want to take it over and you want to revolutionize the way things are going you'll notice quite quickly through the the medical reports and through inbox items that you'll get that you know you're killing your players and you need to let them uh, rest a little bit more and you know you can go into your schedules and and work with your assistants and your coaches and the presets that you've got there to try and rein that back a bit and to build something a bit more balanced and as with every facet of this game, I always say, if you just think about the last matches you played, there would have been one match in there where you lost by the odd goal or, or you you had an opportunity to turn one point into three points and you couldn't do it. The percentages that you can gain just by working on your training, even if all you're doing is just popping in and telling them to practice attacking corners once a week, um, you, you never know how many points that's worth. It could be just a handful of points. It makes all the difference to your game. So it really is worth getting stuck in and having a good look at training. Dom, thank you so much for your help today. I really appreciate it. You are now officially friend of the show, Dom Baker. That's going to go on the CV. Can't wait. Thanks, Ian. We are 21 episodes into the Football Manager Show, long enough for you to know that it is powered by The Athletic and... Most of you have got athletic subscriptions because yeah, that's a kind of classy, intelligent, well-read audience you are. But for those of you who haven't, just have a think about it. All you've got to do is type theathletic.com forward slash fmpod and you can get six months for half price. £3.99 a month, £1 a week. What did we work it out as last week? 12.9p a day. I mean, come on. Why wouldn't you do that? Filled with great articles by great journalists. You need this in your life. So type in theathletic.com forward slash FM pod today. You deserve it. The Football Manager Show Community Centre. Rob Latham gets in touch to tell me about chilled moose, um, which is is not his favourite pudding. It's uh, it, her real name is Laura, and she has created the Aswajan database. Now you might recall that we had General Ivan's staunchly communist football manager nation a few weeks back. This is very much in in the same vein. It's an invented fictional country. A, huge island in the middle of the Atlantic and um, Laura uh, Chilled Moose has uh, has drawn maps, she's brought a, a huge history to life um, everything's going on It's uh, the level of detail is extraordinary, there are beautifully rendered pictures of the royal family there's even gloriously produced tourist videos on YouTube um, and you keep having to remind yourself when you're watching it it is a fictional landmass There's there's just so much depth to it it is a sensational achievement. And, and yes, there's football stuff too. Um, an entire database uh, for this island with with football teams, superpowers, minnows, um, players that, that she's invented and brought to life. The the artwork that's in there is, is just sensational. Like you can see all the stadiums, all the players look so real. And it's just such a 
daunting amount of work. Even just to make a new database is a daunting amount of work. But this just all looks like it fits seamlessly into place. Um, it's just a, a living history. And it's it's really just one of the most impressive things I've seen on the Community Centre so far. So if you want to find out more about it, you want to note this down, um, go to dictatethegame.com or just Google Aswijan, it's A-S-W-I-J-A-N, and check out the videos on YouTube because I'll put them on the Twitter feed too. So that is our Community Centre choice. It's Aswijan, it's by Chilled Moose, and her real name is Laura. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Smart Speaker, and now ad-free on The Athletic. This is The Football Manager Show with Ian McIntosh. It's letters time. Um, Abby, what have we got? We've got Dylan DeZeo, who is... Dylan! (laughs) Friend of the show, third time on the show. I should get him a hat-trick ball as well. He's not having a good time of it, uh, playing Football Manager. He says, I'm going to be honest... It's been disastrous. And when I say disastrous, I mean really disastrous. I've been sacked after 18 games in charge with zero wins, just four points in the league, losing in the Carabao Cup straight away. Uh, So yeah, didn't quite go to plan. I'm interested for the sake of my FM well-being. What's what's your worst ever start to a save? I was just going to say, this is Dylan who who got the Villa job but didn't change his age, isn't it? He was 20. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, this is it. Well, uh, turns out. Being a 20-year-old manager does not work. (laughs) Definitely didn't help. Um, If it's any consolation at all, um, when FM17 came out and I was editing the set pieces, um, we'd obviously had a a lot of people reading about Everton in uh, CMO 102, and we decided... Like, let, let's do it again but Everton present day FM17 let's let's get into it it's going to be really exciting and I'm fairly sure I won one game in my first eight and got sacked and that was the end of the series and it was like when when you're in a position where you're so incredibly fortunate that someone will kind of pay you money to play football manager and you manage to screw it up so badly you get sacked it is an absolute body blow so I feel his pain you identify strongly with Alex Stewart in the uh, <laughs> Bundesliga challenge. We or know. We, j- we just know. Uh, good luck, Dylan. Get back on the horse. Change your age. That's my <laughs> advice. Uh, Johnny Milne has written in saying, thanks for bringing the Football Manager show into our lives and for all the tips you and the team have been dispensing. It's really reinvigorating my love for the game. I've dived into training regimes, adjusted my corner tactics, tactics and have even started taking control of friendlies. Far cry from my old way of playing the game. One thing, though, that I can't get over is my weird obsession about my team having neat playing histories. When scouting for potential signings, the biggest thing I focus on beyond their key attributes is whether their playing history page looks aesthetically pleasing, starting with low numbers at the start of their career and gradually rising as they progress, which is why I've never bought players like Jude Bellingham, who immediately rack up 41 appearances in their first season. Ian, can you identify? (laughs) I mean, that's pretty weird. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure I can get on board with that, but I do, I do have similar things in that I can't finish a save. Like I, I can't turn it off if we're on odd numbered games. If we played 17 matches, I have to stick around and do one more. Um, I, I, I can't be having any of that. I also can't have two players in my team with the same name um, oh. because I'll, I'll, you get I'll, confused. <laughs> I'll get confused. And I know you can rename them with the nickname players, but. You know, deep down, oh no, so one of them has to go. So I guess 
you know, maybe maybe in retrospect, Johnny's not so weird. No, I don't think so. Are you the sort of person that has to have like your TV volume control on an even number as well then? 14, always 14. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, not 15, not 13, always oh, 14. That's, I mean, the difference is vast. Uh, I am not one of those people. Let's move on before we head down a weird alley. <laughs> Very dark alleys. Yeah, so we've got Sean Blinkhorn who says, I wanted to share uh, the community item that I felt was a turning point for me in terms of creating tactics. We're like double community centering this week, basically. And this is SI community member Llama 3's Pairs and Combinations Guide, which helps with balancing roles and duties with an excellent breakdown of how players can complement each other or clash uh, when paired up all over the pitch, depending on the instructions that they have been set. He says, this guide has been has had a great effect on my understandings of uh, tactics in FM and will be well worth a read for anyone striving for more balance in theirs. And I'm not going to get you to read out this URL. Uh, I'm going to put a link <laughs> to it in the show notes so that everyone else can just dive straight into it from there. Yep, Sean is absolutely right. Um, this is a fantastic PDF. You need to need to download it, get yourself a cup of tea and, and dig in. It's um, it, it just basically tells you how to be better at the game. Um, we'll also put a link on the Twitter account if you want that. That's a Llama 3 Pairs and Combinations. And yes, we squeezed that into the letters page um, because we didn't want to paint ourselves into a corner with the community center and not have any room for anything that comes in over the next seven days. Excellent work. Good thinking. Everything is carefully planned. Um, I think, is this the last letter that we have for the day? It is. This comes is. from George Day. And uh, George says, he's got, a, he's got a long story about his, about his uh, play that he's been doing with his mate. They've been uh, working in Serie C, working their way, hopefully up through to Serie A uh, in the Italian leagues out. Um, long story short with George, they've, uh, they've been in Serie C and they've both made it through to the much anticipated playoff final. Uh, now, if you don't quite know how Serie C works, I haven't got time to go into it now but it's about as complicated as the MLS and trying to get your way through through there. But anyway, they both made it into the playoff final up against each other. Uh, and he's gone for a 3-4-3 three, three formation in this one. So here's how the final went. Match kicked off. We exchanged early goals going in 1-1 at half time. The tension between us was palpable as we barely exchanged a word with each other while we gave our halftime team talks and made some tactical tweaks for the second half. The second half was quiet until the last 10 minutes of the game. 81st minute, goal for Palmeiro, 2-1. 88th minute, goal for Livorno, 2-2. 90 plus 2 minutes, goal for Livorno, 2-3. The winner, surely. 90 plus 4 minutes, goal for Palmeiro, 3-3. Utter heartbreak, but now we need to regroup and get going for extra time. Ah, 90 plus 6 minutes, goal for Palmeiro, last kick of the game, 4-3, shattered dreams, wondering where it all went wrong. In hindsight, probably very clear where it went wrong. Left my boys in a 3-4-3 after 92 minutes when we got the winning goal instead of shutting up shop. But emotions ran high and I forgot. Sure you understand. Oh, heartbreak. Always always a killer. When you're on top and, and and the minutes are wearing down, you always think, do I shut up shop or will that invite pressure? And it's I remember Martin Yole when he was at Tottenham getting very upset when someone talked to him about this. He said, like, whatever you do, there's always a chance it's going to be wrong. So, you know, you're in the same boat as Martin Yole. And that's not a bad boat to be in because he's class. It's not the most positive attitude. <laughs> whatever you do it's gonna go wrong <laughs> it's life it will bite you um george thank you so much for for the letter um good luck next season uh, I, I hope you you go up that time mm. oh he did go up next season that's all good oh we did did he, he? Did, oh, yes awesome they won three one and then met much less stressful three one oh, uh, in the final so you know look at that we've got good. emotional closure exactly it's maybe that just wasn't meant to be your season you know 
<laughs> Fantastic. Well, listen, we, we've got one more show. Um, so if you've got anything you want to say, uh, say it here. I'm Macintosh at theathletic.com. Um, send in your letters. We'll squeeze as many as we can into next week's show. The Football Manager Bundesliga Challenge. And now, lurking at the back of the show like the burning bout of indigestion that you instinctively know will follow an all-too-hearty great meal, it's a perpetual stress dream that is the FM Challenge, and Alex Stewart is fighting for his life. I am. I'm clinging on. It's brutal. (laughs) Remind us what happened, because when we last spoke, you'd lost four on the spin... And, yeah. and you pretty much had a must-win game to save your job. What happened? Uh, I won. Yay! Uh, I did, I did. And I, I won by going to a back three. I have changed the formation up a few times this month. The results have been, mm, like, tricky. I mean, uh, so two wins, yes, but also two losses and a draw. We're still very much uh, just keeping our head above water, but with three fixtures to go, uh, it will go right to the wire, especially when one of those fixtures is against you. Yeah, the very first fixture. Mm. Um, so there are three games left. Um, my Schalke team, who who were basically falling apart again, have just dipped out of the European places. But um, I did what everyone was advising you to do about three or four game months ago. I just simplified it, slowed mm. the tempo down, took out some of the instructions, and lo and behold, they can actually play football. So I'm now in the horrible position where, um, I, they, they, I mean, there never would be any question of me going easy on you anyway, because, oh, nice. you know, it's a game and we should play yeah. it in the right spirit. But if I win, I'm probably going to go back in the European places. But if yeah. I win, you're possibly going to go into the relegation playoff places yeah i mean it will depend on the results around obviously there's a two-point cushion but we do also have a significantly better goal advantage than the teams uh sorry goal difference than the teams around us so it is still possible say if bielefeld lost all of their remaining fixtures which is eminently likely um and we got two draws you know, that would be enough. If if they got a couple of draws and we were level on points, I would almost certainly stay ahead of them just on goal difference. But it is tight down there. Like, it's really, really uh, quite nerve-shredding. But this is the extraordinary thing about playing Football Manager online by appointment. So you have, you know, certain areas where you're going to play and, and then you don't play for ages. You get this time to just stare at the league table like a real manager thinking, right, if I can get a point there and yeah. three points here. It's, I mean, if this was just a one-player game and it was two in the morning, you'd be going, well, there's three matches left. You know, what, what, what's the worst that can happen if I stay up till three? Exactly but now we've, we've had a whole week. So when we, when we play again, which will be probably by the time you're listening to this podcast, um, how, you know, how are you approaching this, this clash with a resurgent Schalke? Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you because. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think. Look, I think it's it's fairly clear that the the switch to the back three has worked for the time being. Like you, although I've changed formation, I haven't actually really changed any of my player instructions because I think keeping it simple uh, is is definitely the way to go. So I'm just going to really try to rely on the individual skill of some of those players. Um, 
And if I had any tricks up my sleeve, I sure as hell wouldn't be telling you. <laughs> it's funny, really, though, isn't it? Because last time I changed to a back three and got a result over you. So I'm hoping, you know, the reverse doesn't take its course. We we seem to be in reasonably decent shape. We actually look like there's a plan now, which I think is the first time this, this season has just been putting out fires and trying to live a life without fullbacks. Um, mm. But... Yeah, one more win. One more win. Who are your other two games against, just in case this doesn't go your way? I genuinely can't remember because Excellent. I take things one game at a time. <laughs> I think I've got you and then uh, mid-table Augsburg and then Bayern Munich away on the last day of the season. So, Oh, oh nice. Yeah, let, <laughs> let's <laughs> so hope it's I don't a possible need six points then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's look at it like that. Um, Alex Stewart. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, what have you been up to recently? Where can we point people to? Uh, so over on the TIFO YouTube channel, um, we've had some interesting videos recently about uh, VAR, what's wrong with that, the new offside rule proposed by Arsene Wenger. Um, and we've got a video out today on Jesse Marsh, who is a uh, hot property in European coaching over at RB Salzburg. So I've had a look at how he plays and what his background is that may be of interest to people in the FM community. Excellent. Check all of that out on TIFO. Um, if you want to read up on what's going on wrong with this FM challenge, then go to The Athletic. You know how to do that. Theathletic.com forward slash FM pod. Just had to remind myself what that was there. That is our show your guests were Don Baker of Sports Interactive Alex Stewart off the TIFO your producer was Abby Patterson and in spite of all pleas to the contrary I just will not stop being Ian McIntosh that was a really worrying time being a Rangers fan not knowing if you'd have a team to support or not the Scottish Football League's only acceptable position will be to place Rangers FC into the third division. It wasn't so much a football match you were involved in as a test of manhood. And with your support along the way, we will get back to where we belong. From the bottom to the top, the journey is over. Rangers are back. It all ended spectacularly in Europe when he had an argument with Rangers fans in a bush. It's a huge huge honour for me to be sat here now to be the manager of Rangers and um, you know the excitement levels are very difficult to contain at the moment Drilled by Arfield, Connor Goldson looking to score again and he has scored again and Rangers are in such a good place now Everybody in Scotland was talking about 10 this at the start of the season and the only number they're now talking about is 55 To get the full story of the fall and rise of Rangers subscribe now to be on the headline. The Athletic.